When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex. First of all, hope everyone had a happy and merry Christmas yesterday. We're recording on Boxing Day, if you want to call it that in the UK for anyone who celebrates that. Or I think it's also the first day of Kwanzaa. So for anyone who celebrates that as well, uh, today's the first day of Kwanzaa. So um, happy, is it happy Kwanzaa to anyone who celebrates maybe? Um, I'm gonna have to double check that. I, I do not know, which is really embarrassing. We're for me we're and we're for just you, but... not caught up on all the holidays. Yeah, so it would be happy first day of Kwanzaa to all of those who celebrate. Happy Boxing Day to anyone who celebrates that. We're going through all the holidays here. Uh, also, happy belated birthday to Alex's mom because she's probably listening to this. So there you go. Oh, I'm a day late, but I got it in there. Did you say happy birthday to your own mother, Alex? I hope you I, did. I did, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. well, good. It was yesterday, so I'm not going to say it today, but I will say it. Well, say like yesterday. yesterday, did you? Yeah, yes, I did. Oh, good. I forgot to text her. I didn't text her, but it's all right. It's okay. Um, I hope she'll forgive me, and um, I think she'll be all right. Yeah. How? So what are we doing here? Uh, not the Giants game yet. We'll get to that in a second. How is your Christmas? Uh, mostly traveling all day on a plane, but besides that, my Christmas mostly on the plane. Yeah, it was good, except for the fact that uh, United Airlines, shout out to them, screwed out, uh, screwed up the uh, cable, so I was unable to watch the Giants game during the game, and I was even willing to shell out the ten bucks for the Wi-Fi to watch the game, but then it said that streaming was not supported on the Wi-Fi on the aircraft that I was on. So, what is that about United oh, so- Airlines? Did we did we pay for the Wi Fi? Did you no, pay for I was Wi-Fi? about to pay. I had my credit card uh, info in. I see. And then I realized it said on the bottom like a little red alert, streaming is not supported on this aircraft. And I said, Well then what the hell am I buying the Wi Fi for? And right. uh, everyone else is oh, complaining too. The... Oh good. Good, as they should. Because there was other Giants plans fans on the plane, obviously we're flying to Newark, you know, and people are like, Hey, are you serious? Giants fans. Were there actually yes. Giants fans? Like, wanting yeah, to watch people the game? were like, Oh, can Holy we watch moly, the game? Wow. Why can't we watch the game? And the people flight attendants are like, Oh, it's not, it's not working. You know, you can't do it. And, uh, yeah, very, very upsetting. And then we also had during that flight the Ravens, um, and 49ers game, which obviously is like this huge game that everyone's watching Monday Night Football and couldn't watch that either. So, shout out to United Airlines, get your stuff fixed. Come on, guys. This is ridiculous. It's Christmas. Come on. Like, God, very frustrating. Very frustrating. <laughs> but besides that, I had a wonderful love, Christmas at the airport. I love how we're shouting out United Airlines for their mistakes. Shout out. Shout out United Airlines, guys. You guys messed up. Yeah. Um, 
But what we can shout out is this New York Giants team. Boy, did I think going into halftime, Alex, that we were going to hop on these mics and talk about one play that separated this game from being a tie game and being an Eagles win. I did not expect that in a million years when this game was at halftime. And, you I mean, you were texting that it's time to go to bed when you were about to go on the plane. Um, you know, it's time to rest. Uh, and time, I was like, of course. And I was like, it's time to turn on the uh, Lakers-Celtics game because this game's over. It's 17-3 at half. And was it? No, 20-3 to at half. 20-3 to actually. because of the Okereke. Twenty. Yes. So did you end up seeing that? So I know your signal cut out right before you landed. Or right before you took off when, and then I texted you because you were able to at least get texts. And I was like, oh my God, Alex, I just saw the worst delay of game call in my entire life. And you go, let's go. <laughs> like, that's well, that's I for assume us, it's right? E- Eagles offense. And I'm like, okay, this is great. Fantastic. And I'm like, you don't even understand what the frick just happened. I don't want to curse on this day after Christmas episode. We're, sp- we're spreading the holly jolly uh, cheer here. But, um,. <laughs> But I'm like, no, you don't even understand. Like, I'm so bad right now. Absolutely horrendous call. I know we're starting at a weird point, but for the referees to bail out the Eagles multiple times yesterday, uh, also the P.I. call on Wondell Robinson on the sideline towards the end of the game, that was missed. I think that was the final drive. That should have been a P.I. call. I and know one of the fighting, one but of it's the... the- one of the uh, other refs at the end having the Eagles money line and not letting the ball go and just standing there and Saquon Barkley literally ripping it out of his hands and Darren yep. Waller just sitting there on the floor because he's hurt. But, like, come on, let's still go. Like, toss the ball to someone else at least. Right. Very and, frustrating. And so it's like um, well, the Wanda Robinson missed call because he's holding him. But back to the to the halftime delay of game. So the New York when Giants, When has that been right? called ever? Uh, sorry, I. No, I. It's, yeah, my frustration as well. Um, so we have Jalen Hurts right scrambling out with eight seconds left, no timeouts. He goes in. He's about to run out, uh, out to the sideline, but he wants to get a couple extra yards, maybe get him for a touchdown. So he cuts, uh, with his right foot, and then cuts left, right. So he uh, cuts left, right. He cuts left, and then he's heading to his left side towards the end zone. Does not get there. Clock is ticking 8, 7, 6, 5. So the ball, when he goes down, it slides. I'm just saying for anyone who, like, didn't see this play, it slides out from his hands towards his legs, and then it's like a looks like a loose possession to Bobby Okereke, who just came over to make the tackle. He didn't see Hurts, you know, get to the point of contact on the ground before losing the football. So he's just thinking, oh, wow, it's a free ball. Let me grab it. So he grabs it and obviously sits on top of it like we just recovered a fumble. But then the rest are like, no, you're delaying the game because now Hurts can't get the ball. So spike it. Can we call it delay of game on the ref at the end of the game for us and not being able to enough, get the There ball? wasn't enough time to spike it either, by the way, even if he did run and grab it or whatever it was going to be. Like, that wasn't happening anyway. And then Okereke... Like, this happens every week, and it's never, ever called. It's one of those things that, yeah, I guess technically it's a penalty. But since when has it been called? It's not called in the hugest of playoff games. It's not called in the fourth quarter of games. And it's called here. Like, come on, like, refs. And it was such, like, a ridiculous thing. And to be honest, O'Kara can't hold on to it for, what, maybe two seconds? Not even, it felt like. Um, and you know, we've seen players sit on top of the, sit on top of the runner for like five seconds and that's never called. 
Um, even against the Giants earlier this season, that happened to Saquon Barkley. If you remember uh, at the end of that one half that, um, you know, Saquon Barkley went for a quick run, got the first down. The Giants had plenty of time to spike it, but this guy sat right on top of him for about a good five, six seconds. They couldn't get the spike off. So no flag there. But of course, uh, the Eagles bailed out and very, very frustrating, like you said, Josh. And obviously, Brian Dable was frustrated about the calls, too, because he comes into the press comments after the game heated. Heated. You know, if you've seen that video from Talking Giants, uh, Justin <laughs> Panic made it. You know, he came in, slammed the door, uh, or he's like, what do we got? Slammed the door, adjusted the mic, threw his, you know, notes down, and then he's like, Merry Christmas, by the way. <laughs> um, that was a pretty funny And the funny JMS also, the JMS false start, which I don't even know how in the oh, world yeah. is a false yeah, start. Yeah, I forgot about that. Totally yeah. forgot about that until you mentioned uh, him getting mad and I remember the clip of him getting really, really mad about that call specifically on the sidelines. So yeah, he was mad for a while one. there too. They went to commercial break. They came back on Brian Dabo, who was still heated about that JMS, which is it was the most ridiculous valid. thing I've ever seen. He didn't it was move. completely legal. Like, come on, he the didn't head move. bob is legal. The head bob is legal. That's how he sets the snap. And ridiculous, ridiculous. So anyway, this game's at, this game ends 33 to 25, by the way. I didn't include that earlier. Uh, I want to go to Alex first, the headline, I would say, the big headline of this game, and then we'll go to our normal offense, defense, and special teams, which we normally don't include, but it's another week where I think we have to include it. Um, all right, we'll start with the headline being Tyrod Taylor comes in for the wonder kid here in Tommy DeVito. Um at halftime, or after halftime, Tommy DeVito, we're thinking, is injured, and he didn't look right in the first half. Something must have happened. He was benched. Brian Dable said it was best for the team, and he wanted to motivate the team by putting in Tyrod Taylor. And almost immediately, obviously not in the play where Boston Scott uh, runs into his own teammate, and the fumble happens, and then it's basically Tyrod Taylor with two throws and like a Saquon run for a touchdown within their own red zone where they started with the ball. It wasn't that drive. But almost immediately, it was indicated that Tyrod Taylor is a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito, which we knew all along, by the way. We started Tommy DeVito, I think, for the story maybe and also for motivation of the team, but all knowing how much better of a quarterback Tyrod Taylor is. And I texted Alex this, and I said, Look at Tyrod Taylor. It was after the bomb, an absolute dime of a throw to Darius Slayton, by the way. He didn't even break his stride. I want to make that clear, too. That throw to Darius Slayton, he didn't even stop running. He was completely running. He didn't have to slow down for that ball. It was a great throw by Tyrod Taylor. This is what I texted Alex after that throw. I said, who would have known how many more games we would have won if Tyrod Taylor started? And I know it was only really one or two that, Tommy DeVito lost in his tenure as a starting quarterback, and he had that three games in a row winning streak. I have no doubt in my mind, I think Tyrod Taylor could have won those same three games. And who would have known what would have happened last week against the Saints if Tyrod Taylor was starting at quarterback? Obviously, we can't go back in the past and change things. But right now, looking at it, Tyrod Taylor brought the Giants' life back into this game coming into the second half. This team had three points at halftime. They ended with 25. Um, They scored 15 in the third. Sorry, that's what I was trying to find. They scored seven in the fourth quarter. They scored a touchdown. There was a Darius Lane touchdown. 
I know also the pick six has to do with that. <laughs> I understand that. And that was a great job um, by, who was it? Adoree Jackson, yes, with the bobble pick six uh, for almost 80 yards. But I think Tyrod Taylor also had a lot, a lot, a lot to do with that. And I'm going to stop talking now. I'll let Alex get his thoughts in here. I think we all knew Tyrod Taylor is the best. You know what? I'm actually not going to say that because I know Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants has been on this. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor is clearly better than Tommy DeVito train and people in his comments flow flood in to defend Tommy Cutlets and say that he's better than Tyrod Taylor. So maybe it's not obvious for a lot of Giants fans, but I mean, I know for Josh and I, obviously for Bobby, um, Tyrod Taylor is a seasoned NFL veteran who is a low-end starting caliber quarterback. Tommy DeVito couldn't really even get it done at Syracuse. No offense, Josh. So there's a difference. There's a there's a there's a there's there's a difference in caliber of QB play here. And Tommy DeVito, he's been great. He's been great for the story. The dad, the agent, it's been fantastic. Tommy Cutlets, you know how it is. But Tyrod Taylor is just better. He's a better passer. He's more accurate. He's more mobile. He senses pressure better. Um, he reads defenses better. And that's just experience. Maybe 10 years from now, Tommy DeVito will be just as good as Tyrod Taylor. Who knows? But at this current moment, Tyrod Taylor gives you a better chance to win. Now, did Brian Dable think that Tommy DeVito gave him a better chance to win? I can't seriously imagine that. But by this move, uh, bringing him in at halftime, he must have thought that. So that's a little concerning from your head coach, unless he was just kind of riding the DeVito mania because whatever season was over, which I think is the most likely of the, uh, you know, of the two options that he kind of knew the season was over. DeVito is, you know, kind of bringing life into the team. Why not keep starting him even though he's not the better quarterback? I think that's pretty much the, the answer to our question based off of yesterday. Um, and then once the, the DeVito vibes kind of went into the trash can, um, you know, Tyrod Taylor came in and, you know, kind of salvaged the day for the Giants. And yeah, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, he's, he's not the best quarterback, but he is not far behind some of the lower end starting caliber quarterbacks uh, in this league. He's not that far behind a Daniel Jones, for example. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of another example, a Derek Carr, for example, uh, on the Saints. So um, even a Baker Mayfield, who's having a fantastic season, by the way. So shout out to him, but not too far behind those types of quarterbacks. So, um, you know, he's he's a very good, uh, you know, he's a very good backup option. He's much better than Tommy DeVito. And that's been obvious for a while. And that Darius Slayton bomb and the accuracy he put on that um, pretty much cements that um, for Tyrod Taylor in this offense. But I mean, Josh, I think besides that, we could transition right into the offense if you want to. Yeah, so we'll go to Tyrod Taylor's stat line of 7 for 16, 133 yards, a touchdown, and one interception, which was obviously the last play of the game. Alex, that that's another thing, too. Did you think that Saquon, quote-unquote, shove out of bounds was a P.I. call that was missed, uh, defensive pass interference, or do you think they should kind of just let that ride? Um, I am of the mindset that I think that wasn't a call. It's the last play of the game unless it's really blatant. Uh, I think it was a, a flop out of bounds by Saquon Barkley to look for a call. Yeah, was it cap? Like, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you, Josh, to be completely okay. honest. Yeah. Tommy DeVito before the half went 9 for 16 for 55 yards. Saquon Barkley looked better 
He did have a lot of rushes, though, or carries, 23 carries to be exact, and only 80 yards to show for it, which is it's not as bad as, as last week's stat line, which was, I think, nine rushes for 16 yards or something of that nature. It was pretty, pretty poor. And that uh, also cool. includes a whole bunch of runs where he was just completely blown up in the backfield because of a O-line error. So, you know, loss of Correct. four, loss of five, whatever it may be. So that stat line looks worse than it actually was. Did get a touchdown in this game, though, which was nice. And that was off of, like I said, the Boston Scott error. Boston Scott, the Eagles killer? What's going on? We're flipping the scripts here. Something my, different. A, my anytime TD, I should have gone anytime TD caused by Boston Scott. Like, come on. And um, with this loss, though, the Giants, I think, now go to what, like 10 games or like something like that in a row where they've lost the Eagles. Something yeah, it's been, absurd. It's been, it's been a hot minute. I don't remember winning against the Eagles, to be completely <laughs> honest. So I don't remember the last time Darius Slayton took over a game either, which is what he did today with three catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, a very good route run by him as well. Which we already pretty much cemented himself as the Giants' leading receiver again this year. Which, yep, not enough credit for Darius Slayton, man. I know he's not cracking the one thousand yard mark, but as an eight hundred ish yard receiver per season, he gets wildly disrespected by the Giants fans. Um, you know, in terms of his quality, his impact on the team, and he's been forced in all these seasons to be going against number one corners. He's been going against number one corners. His whole career, pretty much, because the Giants have not had any top end receivers, so well, not people don't take that into account either. Not only that, Alex, but how many quarterbacks has thrown the ball to Terry Slayton? Let's also talk about that for a second. I mean, that's absurd. How many quarterbacks? Is that? It had to be at least five, right? When when did he? I mean, start it's at least the team? it's three this season. So three this season. He was there for I think the Jake Fromm era. Right? Yeah, he was there for Jake Fromm. He was there for Jake, Colt McCoy. That's right. five right there. Eli, no, right? Did Eli retired too No, too there was early. a point where Eli, in his rookie season, Eli was still there, and he played a couple games, if you remember. Obviously, Daniel Jones, too. So that's six. Um, I, yeah, I mean, at least six, kind of... maybe seven, if there's another quarterback we're forgetting. Like, that came in for, like, a, a start. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy, absolutely crazy, and the wild disrespect he gets. If he was a number two receiver, if we had a true alpha guy, he would be able to do so much more. Um, he would be succeeding so much more. He's not a number one receiver. But I got it. As a solid two, I mean, he's been fantastic for the Giants. And um, the, just I feel like he's one of those players that is so wildly disrespected um, by this Giants team. And you don't even have to watch the game, which you really should because he is very good in-game. Uh, you know, with the eye test as well. But well, just look at his stat line. He leads the Giants every year in receiving since he's been here. Since he's been here, he's a fifth-round rookie. Um, and now he's getting paid $6 million a year on a two-year team-friendly deal. Uh, a, a true giant, I think, and doesn't get the respect he deserves. So, Alex, like you said, he started with that year that Eli Manning left for, or Daniel Jones took over for Eli Manning. So two quarterbacks there. We had the Colt McCoy year for two times, so that's three quarterbacks. Then the Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm year, so that's six quarterbacks if I can count, right? Five. Um, five. Daniel five. Jones, or five. Daniel Jones, Eli Manning. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Mike Lennon, Jake Fromm, six. No? Yeah. No, five. Five. 
Yeah. Five. Davis Webb had one game where he played in for Daniel Jones in 2022. I don't even know if we really want to count that. Was that was last but it game is still of the season. There. Yeah, yeah. So six. Tommy DeVito and Tyrod Taylor. Seven, eight. Yeah. Eight QBs. Damn. Impressive. Isn't that man. wild? Wild and disrespected. Giant, definitely a Giants legend already in my mind. I'm very interested, too, about what Brian Dable has to say when it comes to if they ask about Tommy DeVito. Because if you remember the last like couple weeks, he said right after the other games that Tommy DeVito's an immediate start. Like he said for this one, Tommy DeVito's earned the start against the Eagles, then benched him at halftime. So, like... I mean, Tommy DeVito just wasn't... There were some open reads in that first half that he just wasn't making. Some simple processing things that it just felt like... It was like, come on, Tommy. Like, you gotta get those. And he just wasn't wasn't hitting those. And I think that was probably the kicker for Brian Dable. Daniel Bellinger got involved in action today. Four catches, 43 yards. Darren Waller, only two catches for 32 yards. Darren Waller, really Waller, great catch. I, I have to get involved. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting, but... Darren Waller has to do better. He has to do better. There was at least two throws. There was one that he's kind of in stride. I get the balls a little bit behind him, but you are one of the highest paid tight ends in the league. You are the alpha receiver in this offense. If you can't adjust slightly to grab the ball while you're in stride, then you've got to do better. There was another one from Tyron. I get it's a little bit low. It's not an easy catch to make, but we're paying you to make these difficult catches. He's got to make at least one of those two. Uh, and he's just not. And very, very frustrating from Darren Waller. I get he's still recovering from an injury, but he's got to do a lot better. Um, and it, it was just very, very frustrating to see those drops. Yeah, Alex, I mean, I was going to get to that. I, I think the one catch that he made obviously was pretty spectacular. What comes from that is him getting injured from a tackle to his back and then unable to really get up quickly. Um, to, to get the ball and, and spike. We've already talked about that in the beginning of this episode. Um, so with that being said, I mean, that that's really this offense. And in this game, again, they did better than we expected. That's all we can really ask for. I mean, you go back to our score predictions. It was the Eagles scoring around this point, you know, of, of you know, this point total of 33, 38, whatever it was, like in our score prediction, they end up do scoring like 33. Um, but we expected the Giants to maybe get a touchdown. And they got 25 points on the board. And credit of that, you know, part of that is to the offensive uh, credit to, you know what I mean, credit to the offense. Um, although I do agree with you that Darren Waller, you know, needs to do better. And um, that's blatantly obvious. So with that being said, we're going to go to the defense right after this break. Stay tuned. All right, back now to talk about this Giants defense that, even though they put up or gave up 33 points, they were still successful. One player specifically was Adore Jackson, who had that amazing bobble pick six to give the Giants life in the second half, bring them back in this game. Along with that pick was uh, two uh, pass deflections that he had as well. And Bobby Okereke, the middle linebacker, led the team in tackles today with 10. Also, Xavier McKinney had 10, but I want to give credit to Bobby Okereke because eight of those were solo tackles, a pass deflection as well. I think he made a few stops behind or right in front of the line of scrimmage to where either it was running backs or wide receivers were, and he made some pretty nice tackles today. So two guys right off the bat uh, that I want to give credit to. Um, and, yeah, that that's what I would want to say for those guys. Yeah, uh, those guys were excellent, like you mentioned. Deontay Banks, I thought, had a pretty decent game up against A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown didn't have a 
huge game like he's been having pretty much almost every week for the Giants. Um, and special shout out to one guy who, you know, hasn't been great this season, but had a pretty good game um, against the Eagles. Ashawn Robinson, I thought he was really, really powerful on that inside, in that interior of that defensive line. He batted down one of, uh, one of Jalen Hurts' passes um, when they were on our side of the field. Uh, he got some pressure in the passing game. Um, he was pretty big in the run department as well. Um, so shout out to him, especially with Dexter Lawrence on the pitch count. And uh, I was impressed by Ashawn Robinson. So shout out to him. And um, that interior was definitely struggling when Dexter Lawrence wasn't on the field. And um, Ashawn Robinson definitely made up for some of that um, lack of lack of explosion in the interior uh, by Dexter Lawrence, who, you know, definitely wasn't as impactful, um, you know, in this game, but he still just his, I, I, I don't want to say this. I hate using it. Well, I actually love using this word, but his aura um, was still there. His, his presence, I should say, um, was so impactful for the Eagles that they still had to double team him, triple team him, whatever it may be. And that opened it up uh, for some of those other guys. But obviously he was on a pitch count. I have to imagine he played about 50% of the snaps, 60 maybe, um, you know, much less than his usual 80 to 90%, which is already crazy uh, for a defensive lineman of his size. One Another player I'd like to give credit to that I forgot about was Isaiah Simmons, the Giants, you know, who the Giants traded for earlier uh, before the season began, the regular season at least. And um, although he only really has a few tackles and a pass deflection on the stat sheet, there was numerous amount of times where he was almost this close to getting to Jalen Hurts and getting that sack um, or a running back getting a tackle for loss. Um, like DeAndre Swift, and it was just unfortunate that he wasn't able to kind of complete those tackles, finish those tackles, because just of how elusive um, those guys are, and not a lot of people in the NFL are able to tackle them. But again, shout out to Isaiah Simmons. Someone, Alex, you were talking about who didn't see, or you didn't, you weren't talking about this person. I don't know why I said that. Um, Dexter Lawrence, by the way, you were right, had 51% of, of on the snap count. I wanted to mention that. But I was going to say more, Someone who wasn't as impactful, like you were talking about with Dexter Lawrence in this game, Kayvon Thibodeau. Another game that Kayvon Thibodeau goes without a sack. And it's now been a few games in a row where Kayvon Thibodeau has not gotten a sack. Now, a majority of the games so far this season, he's gotten a sack. I think it's seven or eight games now that he's gotten a sack compared to five that he hasn't. Um, so again, still a tremendous season for Tibbs, but I believe it was since the Patriots game, if I'm not mistaken, um, he has not gotten a sack. So what is going on with Kayvon Thibodeau? He just is not getting the same amount of pressure that he you know, did earlier in the season. I guess you can maybe chalk it up to how good this Eagles offensive line is, but it's not like it's just been this week. It's been the last few weeks. So we'll see if the last couple of weeks of the season he's able to kind of get back on um, his normal, you know, way of, of getting a few sacks on there, but um, we'll have to wait and see. Again, though, one more final shout out before we go to special teams to where Dory Jackson again, back to back plays where it looked like there could have been a pick. The second one actually is an interception by Jackson taken all the way back for the Giants touchdown, right? I feel like when you think maybe like, is Dory Jackson going to be with his team next year? Like, is he still going to be that number one guy? Then he gets this pick six, and I feel like maybe this gives him a little bit more of a of a chance. When I do know, I I think I'm he's a free agent after this year, right? Yeah, he is. And I, I'd say so. Dory Jackson, he's that 
he's a low-end CB1, high-end CB2, and if Deontay Banks can, you know, kind of continue growing and you could bring back Adore Jackson on the reasonably cheap, maybe it's worth bringing him back, but Adore Jackson has had a pretty bad season all, all, all together, I'd say, except for this game uh, and a couple other moments throughout. Um, so he's been very disappointing as someone who had a really, really, really good season last year. Um, and it seems like with Deontay Banks coming in, I don't know if that affected it or it's just the general slouch of this giant season as a whole. Um, you know, Adore Jackson has just not been great. And uh, that's been kind of disappointing. And I think it's important to see how he finishes off the season on whether or not you want to bring him back. And just covering special teams for one you know, quick moment. Not a lot happened besides Mason Crosby running out there with number 21 for what some is he, reason. A safety? Knocking a uh, field goal in from 52 yards, so not bad by him. Coming off the couch and knocking that one knocking that one through. So we'll have to see what happens next week. Hopefully we don't have to go to our sixth kicker of the season. I think, ne- I think season. next week uh, destroying is going to be our kicker if anyone there knows There you go. Yeah, yeah there you YouTube go. star destroying. Why yeah. not? Bring him in. Bring him in. What <laughs> What else at this point? And then Jamie Gillen had that one absolutely horrendous punt like that didn't even travel more than 25 yards. Then it was indicated that he's still injured, but he's you know got the leg wrapped up, so it's all good. And then the rest of his punts were, were fine. So I don't know what's going on there with Jamie Gillen. And then we had one fumble by Gunnar Olszewski, but um, he picked it right back up, and luckily we were able to retain possession. So... That was it from what I had notes-wise of the special teams. Out. And also that terrible uh, return for Cubby where he got caught it on the 30 and took it all the way to our 10 in the beginning of the game. That was pretty bad from uh, Thomas McGahee's unit. Let's just say that in terms of coverage. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? They gave up a few returns, I know. Thomas McGahee, what did like you've just we, given we, up? We've you've given up. We've, you've given up on him, Josh. We've complained about special teams all season, Alex. What's going to change now? I mean, Hopefully, Mason Crosby in number 21. You don't know. It's going to be different. Rocking Tiki Barber's number over oh here. Oh, my God. Crazy. What are we doing, guys? We could have got him a different number. Two or three wasn't available. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. Two is not available because of Tyrod. But who has oh, three? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sterling Shepard has three. We couldn't get him number seven, eight. We, could, we, we couldn't have got him All like these, uh, 98. Jones. I don't know. Come on. <sighs> Very interesting. But, um... Anyway, good for him, I guess, and we'll see if he's on the team next week. Uh, but for right now, again, the Giants lose 33-25, comes down to the final play. Tyrod Taylor having a chance at the end zone, looking around, searching five seconds, ten seconds, finding an option. No. Picked off by the Eagles. But again, credit to the New York Giants for at least keeping us with some hope. We were in, in it this till the Christmas last play, Day game. so you can't ask for more than that, I feel like. You, know? you absolutely cannot, especially where we are. And for everyone who's been waiting until the 30-minute mark, we're talking about the draft, guys. Don't worry, because the Giants have a 76% chance, according to ESPN Analytics, that they will have a top-five pick in this year's NFL draft. I know all of those draftees and all of those Please tank, uh, tankathon refreshers on Google. Um, Alex, uh, we're worried about the. <laughs> I am the opposite of that, by the way. Just I know Josh is I know, joking, joking here. In case people I'm don't joking. know. Um, yes. So sorry, I lied about the statistic. Give me a second again. It's seventy-three percent out of the top five pick currently have the the fifth pick in the NFL draft. 
So, I did say that if you're looking at the next few games, they are going to be losses. But after this game, I don't even know. If we're having Tyrod Taylor start again, it could be different against on New Year's Eve against the Rams, and then we play the Eagles again. Great. In two weeks on our last game, for our last game of the season. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see there. But for right now, we thank you so much for listening and or watching to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are watching or listening. Drop that like button um, on YouTube. And then hit that five stars for a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Social media platforms at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Alex, he's on Twitter at anorian23. I'm on Twitter at joshjolo 29 and um, I'll send it back over to my co-host, Alex. What are we? Are we celebrating Boxing Day today? Like, what are we doing for Boxing well, Day? I am my Boxing. What do you day do on actually, Boxing Day? I have do you no know what, idea. You like, just like what is the? What is the? Let's see. I'm sorry. I'm gonna make a really bad dad joke. You box. Mm-hmm. Is that is that funny? No. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Nice. Um. Okay. Watch Here's the, Wikipedia. Okay. A holiday celebrated after Christmas occurring on the second day, um, though it is originated as a holiday to give people gifts in need. Oh, that's nice. Today, Boxing Day forms part of Christmas celebrations. Many people choosing to take advantage of Boxing Day sales. Oh, so it's like the Black Friday of to Thanksgiving in the UK. Yeah. Originated in the UK, is celebrated in several Commonwealth nations. The attached bank holiday or public holiday may take place on the 28th if necessary to ensure it falls on a weekday. Um, interesting. Interesting. So in parts of Europe such as Spain, Czech Republic, Germany, Austria, Romania, Hungary, Netherlands, Italy, Poland, Slovakia, Croatia, Denmark, Finland. Wow, there's a lot of nations that celebrate this holiday. I did not know I that. I thought it was just a UK thing, actually. That's what I thought, too, because obviously yeah. we have football matches on that day, so it's like... It symbolizes generosity as the affluent once box surplus items for the less fortunate. So there you go. It is I mean interesting. Yeah. Well not boxing as in punching boxing, but boxing as in boxing up items. Um, sure. So maybe you'll be boxing up items today, Alex. I do actually have to box up items because today's our go. Like, today's our gift exchange since we're at the airport all day and on the plane all day yesterday. So we have our fake Christmas today. <laughs> all right. Well, you can go wrap it up now so you can celebrate that fake Christmas oh, with your family. I, I love that. Wrap up the episode so I can wrap up some boxes. There you go. Oh. So clean. Thank you, everyone, for <laughs> listening to today's episode. Um, hope you have um, you know, a great boxing day, I guess I should say now, since we were just talking about that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Looking forward to the Rams. Peace.